Hi, greetings from the UP Vargas Museum. This is Sean, and you are listening to Vargas On Air. If this is your first time here, we would like to extend to you our warmest welcome. Our podcast features essays on paintings from the Vargas Collection on view at the main gallery of the museum. These essays, written by Pristine de Leon and Ryan Reyes, are excerpts from the upcoming publication of the museum, The Vargas Collection, Art and Filipiniana. The Vargas Collection was donated by Jorge B. Vargas, the country's first executive secretary who served under Commonwealth President Manuel L. Quezon. The collection found its home at the University of the Philippines, Diliman. With this podcast, we hope that you will learn something new and gain insights and lessons as we take you deep into the artworks of significant painters in Philippine art history. For our third episode, we feature the essay for One Luna's Picnic in Normandy. On a lush and radiant patch of land that sits by the shoreline, a group of leisure seekers revel in their picnic. All appear wrapped by some activity or attraction, save for the woman in the foreground whose attention is elsewhere. Her sightline leads to a couple's faint silhouette and to a sailboat, indistinct as a white cloud drifting to faraway waters. Delicate pastels, rendered in flecks and blots, usher the appearance of a field abloom. The brushwork is casual and brisk, with occasional scratches presumably applied through a palette knife. They lend the scene an aura of restless movement, as though these grasses, shades of green that leap and roll in all directions, are being tousled by a passing wind. The setting of the painting is Calvados, an area in Normandy where one Luna frequently spent his summer breaks. In a letter to José Rizal dated August 13, 1890, Luna relates the pleasures of country life abroad to the familiarity of home. One lives here as in Tondo or Antipolo, writes the painter Patriot. Bathing in the sea is delightful and my favorite sport is flying a kite. Luna's second artistic period began in France. Upon moving to Paris in 1885, a year after winning the first gold medal at the Madrid Art Exposition, he felt the jolt of modernity as Impressionists rebelled against the academic salon. Luna's paintings achieved greater spontaneity. He traded the brown tones of the academy for the brighter palette of plain air painting, the mythological and historical for the here and now of countryside scenes. The informal brushwork and the prismatic daubing of colors in Picnic in Normandy further suggest his affinity with the dissident salon. While these details intimate Luna's brush with Impressionism, his body of work reveals that the crossover was never total. The academy-trained painter had little taste for the Impressionists' objective, almost scientific, theories on light and color. Luna sought the bravura effects, emotion, passion, and the anecdotal element, 
all traits of the romantic intelligence that he had imbibed at the Academia de Bellas Artes de San Fernando. Picnic in Normandy recalls Luna's mingling among the cosmopolitan elite. It ratifies the confidence of a French leisure class when new railway connections have enabled travels to the countryside. The painting may be his way of seizing new vistas and visions. It may lead us to a life fulfilled, however briefly, by an enlightened or illustrado. The colonial condition located the painter in an uneasy in-between, both here with the privileged class beguiled by the modern, yet ever the academic painter seeking honor for a country elsewhere. When one looks at Juan Luna's picnic in Normandy, it overcomes with an overwhelming feeling of brightness. Each of Luna's brushstrokes tells its own story, painting the field in which each of the characters in the painting frolicked in as alive and filled with restless energy. Luna's masterpiece references life at its most raw, preserving the warmth of that fleeting moment in time as authentically as possible. The brightness of the scene in Normandy comes with an undeniable likeness to a place we are more familiar with, the warm, sun-drenched landscapes of Luna's homeland, the Philippines. This carefree interpretation of nature provides its viewer with a feeling of peace. But as mentioned in De Leon's essay, there is one character who, unlike the others, does not seem to be occupied with whatever leisurely activity was in front of them. In the foreground, a woman surrounded by people appears to be wandering elsewhere, not physically, but looking somewhat captivated by a train of thought that isolates her from the company of those around her. Isolation, while not only mentally but also physically, is a theme that at this very moment in history appears to be a recurring and almost never-ending. As we are restricted from the outdoor recreations and crowds that once surrounded us, we, just like the woman in the foreground, are given an opportunity to reflect on the moment. The jovial atmosphere interrupted by the awareness of just how fleeting the effects of light can be as it hits the water in the background, amongst other things. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you learned something new today. Catch our next episode soon. For more updates about the UP Vargas Museum, follow us on our social media pages, vargasmuseum.upd on Facebook and at UP Vargas Museum on Instagram and Twitter, and Vargas Museum UP Diliman on YouTube for uploads of our online events. Check our posts with the hashtag Vargas Museum Virtual Mode for our regular online programs featuring other artworks from the Vargas Collection through online mini-exhibitions, downloadable modules, and interactive activities. You can also visit our website at vargasmuseum.wordpress.com. Once again, this is Sean, and thank you for listening to Vargas On Air.